Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, Sunday, December 5th, 2021. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you that we can come into your house today. We can ask for help in a time of need and give you praise and worship, honor and glory and blessing. Bless the name of the Lord. Father, I ask you to anoint Sunni head to toe. I rebuke Satan and ask the Holy Ghost to come and guide her and use her to break this word down. She'll cast it upon many waters and you can receive it. Let it be written on your hearts and begin to function in the kingdom of heaven with might and power. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Mrs. Young, the mic is yours. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hey. Uh, I just want to praise the Lord and the Holy Spirit, you are welcome. I prepare, but you are charged. Just I'll do whatever you want me to do using this subject or any other subject you want to go to. So Holy Spirit, I'm here for you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. First of all, I want to praise Jesus for what he did for us. A lot of times we just overlook and we just, just go over our head for what Jesus did for us. But what he did for us is such powerful, such power, such a power because there's nothing above the earth or underneath the earth as underneath the sea. Anything, he conquered all of it already. It's all done. It's finished. And we don't understand how much. I mean, he finished it all. He, he destroyed works of the devil. He even went to depth of hell. Got the key for us. And we don't realize we have a key in our hand. And we do. How much? So can we just unlock the little uh, door, one door? No, we have a key to all of it. All of it, heavenly, second heaven, here, under the earth, we have the key. But we have to find that key God gave it to us. Individual calling is different. Individual level is different. So he gave us the key. It fits in your calling. If you're a worshiper, Brandon, you're not a just call for worship as the singer. That voice, that desire, that love, that, that, you know, when you love someone, isn't something happens in your heart? Something rises in you to just, uh, in total in love with someone or something or whatever, right? And that has rhythm. It has rhythm. And that rhythm is anointed. And the, the, that rhythm is go higher rhythm or sound. That's your connection with the spiritual realm, with your Father, with your Jesus, with your Holy Spirit. So... I know this will go over many people's head, but I'm going to just put it out there. So 
title is Generational Inequity. Inequity. Okay. There is unconscious inequity, and there is conscious inequity. Unconscious inequity happens without us knowing it in the realm of a spirit through a generation bloodline. Conscious inequity is we the one actually doing it, put our hand to it, put our feet to it, put our eye to it, our mouth to it. So we're gonna, I want to break down what is iniquity is. So let's talk about the Bible verse, what Lord talks about. He talks about this from beginning to the end of the Bible. Exodus, I know we read it, we heard it, all of it. 20, chapter 20 talks about generational curses. Okay, but we need to find out how curse happens. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's also in the Ten Commandments. Okay. The things we read in the Bible, what's in here is this is a spiritual book. It's not us to just read through from beginning to end and say, I finished reading. If you look at it, even in the Old Testament, everything you see in Old Testament, that represents spiritual bondage, spiritual thing. It's just, you're just seeing, he's talking about it as a flesh, as a natural realm, things happening. But nothing happens in the natural realm unless things happen in the spirit first. So when you read Old Testament or New Testament, or when we look at each other, the manifestation you see is condition of a spirit. Lou and me. Okay? And we are very good at disguising ourselves hiding behind pain and whatever and act like god bless you i am so blessed how are you doing oh i'm blessed more than anything you know it's just like garden of eden after the sin look what they did they covered themselves so how much are we covering ourselves before the Lord, before people. No other God. So whatever the you're worshiping, whatever you're following, whatever is so important to you, more than God is idol. The, the Bible says, whatsoever you serve, is you are slave to that. And, and workaholic, Workaholic. If that is more important than God, then there's a slave to it. We all have to look at that. So it's not just idol as idol, you know, like uh, uh, Buddha or uh, uh, Indian goddess and, you know, the bell worship and that kind of stuff, or masons and all that. Not just that. That is definitely 
you see it. But things in our life, we serve more than God. God comes later. Those are, you know, I have a question here. Are you Christian? If you are, raise your hand. I'm not Christian. I'm not. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Because you're Christian doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. It's a believer. Those who believe. Those who believe. Believe what? What do you believe? How much do you believe? Is the question. That manifests in your life. How much you believe, actually believe. The Bible says, see, it's, it's going all different direction here. Praise God. Bible says, before foundation of earth was built, we were already there. We were in God's heart and his mind before he created us. So we were with him. And when we are done here, we'll go back to him. And uh, I know we think about all this stuff, but we need to realize we are spirit person. We are spirit. So things is happening in our realm as this world. Things we're bound to, things is pain and hurt, torment, all this stuff, it happened in our spirit. And I, I will confess this. Lou and I used to believe, or maybe you still believe that, Lou, I don't know, but me. <laughs> I have to rethink about that because when new birth happened to us, I think 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about when anyone who's in Christ, new creature, all things pass away, you become new. That is right in a sense. When we say yes to Jesus, he came. But he came. His light came into dark place in our heart, our spirit. So we're awakened. But whole spirit is not waking yet that's where sanctification will come in so it's a working process and reason i'm saying that first thessalonica right okay it talks about 23rd this is paul talking and the very god of peace jesus sanctify you fully First Thessalonians 5, chapter uh, verse 23. It says, Very God of peace, sanctify you holy, and I pray your whole spirit, spirit and soul and body be per, uh, preserved, preserved, blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that called you. Who also will do it. So he will do it. If you go after him. Say yes to him in every area of our life. 
There are certain areas we say okay to the Lord, but certain areas we are driving. We're driving. And we confess with our mouth, say, Lord, you are our being, and we give everything to you, and you drive. You do it. But yet, we are so busy driving our own life in our own way, in our own reasoning, in our way, I, way you desire comes. I hope this makes sense. So through the Holy Spirit, sanctification happens in your spirit. So, that, so the, who you are is representative of your spirit, man. And right in the between there, there is called soul. It's connected to your body, also connected to your spirit, man. So the more you are sanctified in your spirit, more light is in there, the more you control your soul. Then when your soul is connected with your spirit, which is connected to the Holy Spirit, then your body will follow that direction. But if your spirit has been saved, enlightened in certain area, but it hasn't gone anywhere else, then you then is is there's how you're gonna you're gonna produce your life. So it see I know this was gonna happen. Okay, thank you. Do it your way. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. So this could be the one you see outside. But what is graven in your heart? What is graven in your mind? Or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above, or that is in the earth beneath, there is a things happening under the earth. Heaven or above, a lot of things happens there. We just don't see it. But we are made to see, you know, spiritually because we are a spiritual being. But he also blessed us so we can be down earth living this worldly stuff too. So we just don't understand, just didn't realize, even didn't, never even thought about it. So through this teaching, at least you can think about it. You know what? I never went there. Maybe I need to think about it. Or that is in the water under the earth, water. At the Noah time, earth was so sinful, the Lord destroyed everything except Noah and his family. Everything went under water. I wonder what happened under the water. What about the fish that live and breed in the water? Don't they? Were they destroyed too? That was question mark to me. I wonder why so many people, especially in ancient time, even now, worship marine spirit, fish. Just putting out there.
Water is so precious. We need water. We need air too, right? And food. But we need more than anything else. Lord talked about man does not live bread alone. Life comes from spirit. When, you, when we follow flesh, that leads us into death. Because the more we follow the earth, the more we follow the flesh, our own desire, then the less light comes into our being. Then we are more disconnected with God. So when we are more disconnected with God, then death will come. Spiritual deathness. That's what Lord's talking about. You have eyes, but you're not seeing it. You have ear, and you're not hearing it. And Lord talks about the lack of knowledge. You perish, and then it's go to your children, right? You reject my word, and I will reject your children. So when you don't know, never heard it, you didn't have a revelation, then you stay in that state of not knowing it, then you cannot pursue. Yes? Exodus 25, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, Whatever you're serving, not just outwardly, inside. We need to search inside. Nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. People, us, we look at things and then we determine symptoms or whatever. But God sees our hearts. So that's, this is what he's talking about. He said he's jealous, God, visiting. God's going to visit us. The iniquity of the father upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of that hate me. He said, he, he used the word hate. Do we hate God? We say we love him all the time. We sing. You are power. Even though I don't see it. You're there, you're doing it. Oh, great. Woohoo! But God said we hate him when he's not first. This is not a scratch my back type of a talk, obviously. So I want also I want to talk about today with different level of sin. Sometimes the Bible talks about sin. He talks about sin, but we never. I really honestly tell you, really never went back into original word of that sin. What he meant that was because sin is all sin, but there's a different level of a sin. Iniquity is a higher level of a sin. That's the one Lord's going to visit. That's what he's saying. By the time when we get to that iniquity, we already passed the warnings. Sin still opens the door, but not the curse is visiting to the children. So let's talk about the genetic. <laughs> okay. This is uh, um, 
one you really don't see, don't understand. But we're gonna, uh, it's all in DNA. Generational curse, it comes down to your blood, your DNA. From father. It says father, right? What about mother? Mother also has a father. It's coming through, coming through father. So when we look at the flesh way, physical way, this is what happened. Man and woman get together. They produce C. And they C start with the DNA, with the blood. So we're so happy. This is the reason why we were born, to multiply. The relationship with God, that's what he wanted. He wanted the human being to have that fellowship he desired to have. So here's a baby, precious man and woman, get together. This is what happened. Do I need to go in detail? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> Unless you need to have a class. <laughs> yes. At Lou and my age, we are, we're not embarrassed about anything anymore. And during our deliverance session, well, sometime, not all the time, sometimes we get into nitty-gritty in the marriage bed. And he usually come from me. Lil say, soon you have at it. <laughs> precious. All babies are precious. You know, the newborn babies, they are close as just came from God. Oh my gosh. They were just with God nine months before. So they are still spiritual. The babies don't know how to talk if they could only talk. They can tell you what they see. And they can tell you how that felt when they were inside of you. Some baby had a good environment when they were in mom, inside the mom. Some, my goodness, no. So whatever the parents and their environment happens, it affects the baby. And the mother and father and that siblings or whatever they're surrounding, that is coming down from generation. What kind of mom and dad don't want to give this love they felt some people cannot feel? They don't know how to babies there. It came. Living is hard. So you're just trying to survive with the baby. But baby needs nurturing. You know, when you breastfed the baby, that's the closest love. You know, devil is liar. When I had a baby, when it's 1974, September. But somebody told me, you shouldn't breastfeed. 
baby. You have to work, this, this, this. So it's okay to feed them bottle fed. Boy, did I, I believe that. And I never fed my kids breastfed. Do I regret it after I realized, oh my gosh. See, so that's how Satan will come and tell you things when you don't have no knowledge. So knowledge is important, not worldly knowledge. I'm talking about knowledge of God's and his commandment, his, 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 his way. That's the life. That's the spirit. It's not just black and white ink in the Bible. This is a spiritual word. You have to look at more deeper than what is laying out here. Blue eyes. That's a genetic, right? Mm -hmm. Some have your siblings, some have a blue eyes, some don't. Depends on your genetic. Look at the nose and mouth. That's just what you see outside. What about inside? See, the, we are the believer. We are not just Christian. We are the believer. Believer need to know what's going on. And I, yes, there is a stage. And I feel like I'm just studying. And it really bothers me. It really bothers me. And I talk, I've been talking to God. I said, God, I, I need to know more. I feel like like 20, after so 20 some more years. And here I feel like I'm just beginning. And I guess that is a good thing because then you seek God more. But it bothers me, you know. So it's those knowledge, spiritual knowledge, it doesn't just hand it to you. You have to work for, you have to seek for, you have to desire more of God and his things. Which is his thing is not a bless me with my finances, not bless me with job. Yes, that we need all that stuff. But number one, seek his kingdom. Seek him. Submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, then he will flee. So nothing happens unless we submit ourselves to God. In every way, that's our aim. We're still working process, right? Lou and I are definitely not there. <laughs> but we want to. How about you? How much, how hungry are you? Are you just comfortable? Are we just comfortable? You know what? Honestly, I would say I've been kind of comfortable for a few years. Then, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Holy Spirit is nudging me. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. So, this word for me and for all of us in here and the internet. Don't be satisfied where you're at with the Lord. There's a lot more. Don't be just staying in there. Everything is okay doesn't mean it is. Well, look at your family. Look at you. Examine your heart. Examine your family. Examine your children. Examine your husband or yourself. Examine your mother, grandmother, 
examine. Don't say, oh, that's the way they are. Well, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. So this is just outward DNA, genetic, it passing down. You're not going to, I'm not my, I'm not going to look like Lou because he came from different bloodline. And I don't want to look like him because he's a man. <laughs> I almost say something else, but you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is a hard subject. And I was just going to go through one slide after another slide, but I already know Holy Spirit has something else. It seems like that's what happens. So, order to us to know inequity, which is the lower, is a sin. This is a sin, different level of a sin. But this sin is going to visit to the family bloodline. He did not say your trespass is going to visit your kids. He did not say your sin. See, but there's different level of sin. So if we don't know there's a different level, what Lord's trying to tell us, then we need to know. Sin is anything that is contrary to the word of God and will of God. Wow, this is just a broad, just big thing, isn't it? What does that mean? Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, before I read this, it just went right over my head. Never even stopping thought about it because he did not say Sheila. No, that's just kidding. So, the Lord, God put it in, in the paper for his spiritual con uh, uh, regulations and the law, commitment in this book so we can discern and know and search out. Like when we cook something, don't, we don't just go, oh, spaghetti. I'm going to go ahead and cook spaghetti, but then you need to know how to do the spaghetti. So we, we need to, if we don't know how to do it, then we need to look at the recipe. So we need to look the recipe for what he's talking about here. Once you've been doing it for a long time, then you memorize, then you automatically do it, right? We should be walking that way with God. We are so familiar with his way, we don't even have to really know. Because our conscience is so awakened by the Holy Spirit, we don't need to think about, should I do, should I not? We know the recipe. That means we're connected with God. When you're connected with God like that, hey, signs and wonder follows. Everything, spiritual blessing follows you. You don't have to look for it. It's automatic. It's automatic. Magnetic. Heaven is connected to you magnetically. You don't even have to try because you have that relationship with God. Isn't that what we want? I want that. How about you? Oh, what happened? Get me out of this stuck. I don't want to be stuck in anywhere. <clears throat> and a lot of us are stuck in spiritually and we don't know it. Sin means to miss the mark. Doing something against God or against a person 
doing the opposite of what is right. It's like stepping on somebody's back with our mouth, with our heart, with our thought. When that happened, we're actually stabbing the, someone's back in spiritually. It activates in a realm of a spirit. And that word we spoke, that thought you had, because everything happens in the thought. Your body doesn't just go sin. It happens in here first. Then your body follows. Okay? So that's why the life and death in our tongue. So when we, sometimes we say things not really realizing it's going to hurt somebody. And sometimes we do that because we're kind of offended a little bit. Or sometimes we disagree with that action that somebody did or their decision. So we have our own opinion. Not opinion of God, but our own opinion. It's our opinion is not Bible. Our opinion is created, is made it through our upbringing, education, our own moral and conduct, all those things put together. And we have that right or wrong mentality. And so according to individuals, they start seeing things, and that's right and wrong. So sometimes we meant okay, but the word and things we speak, it goes right into spirit, and it will go to that person we just talked about. It will land on them. Pretty scary. So anybody, if I ever offended you, you forgive me, please. Just bless me instead of cursing me without even knowing it. And that affects us. I mean, this happens without we all seeing it. I'm trying to explain to you. So we have to, we have to and, and person who's saying it not only hurt somebody else, but that also opens the door for spirits attack us. Because that is opposite from the, what God says. If anything not coming from love, it's against God. The love cover multitude of sin. So I'm guilty because I have a strong personality, which is a form through the, all the stuff I went through. So I do have my moral standard, I see, and I judge through that, which is a sin. So I repent, Lord. <laughs> Boy, he's bring that out, okay? And I have to agree with God. So lately, I've been going through, Lord's been reminding me, whole bunch of kind of stuff I never even thought about. And I've been walking through the situation and person and places and things Lord's been reminding me. And I've been repenting of those things and I've been removing those things from people and myself. So this is really important. Things I did, but things my father did is operating in my life. And my life was a mess. 
So if you're trying to shoot arrow, you're really trying to hit the bullseye. You want to do things right. You really do. We all do since we are the believer. We want to do things right. But sometimes we miss the mark. Till we practice. You have to look at the wind blowing. You have to look at the temperature. You have to look at the weapon you're using, your strength. All this thing to do both eyes. So it takes practice. Meditating word of God and know what this would affect. So it, can you imagine if I'm shooting this arrow at my enemy? It should be going to do my enemy. Not my friends, not Sam believers. And we want to do things right. We want to speak life instead of death. Yet, sometimes we miss the mark. That's a sin. That's a sin. First level of a sin. That makes sense? You understand what I'm saying? Okay. I usually bring things simple way because that's how I understand. So, opposite of what is right. So, sometimes you do things like your best friend. You and, you and your best friend have that relationship for a long time. Then sometimes you did on really not trying to do, but you did something to hurt that person. Or say something... Uh, kind of exposing that person, your friend did something, or kind of like that. Sometimes you do that. That's the kind of sin it missed the mark, okay? Then you lose your relationship. You lose your trustworthy with each other. That's how it begins. So Colossians 5, 17, For the flesh lost against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one to the other, so that it cannot do the things that you want. See, this is the, we fight with this. We fight with this. Jesus did not. He did fight with, but he didn't do it. He didn't submit himself to the sin. He was a man when he came here. Yes, he's from spirit, so do we. God was a spirit. Jesus was spirit. He was with God. God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he came from God, the Father. But so do we. We were in his heart. We were in his mind. We were in his thought before. So he made it individually. He even wrote a book about us. Individual book. It has your name on it, my name on it. He designed you and me, even before the, we were born. In his mind and his heart, we were there. There's where we're going back. That's where Jesus came from. Did you know that? We knew it. We just never thought about it. So this is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus came. Because he came to destroy work of the devil. He even went depth of the hell and he won. He took the key. And then he take it captivity captive. 
You know, I never understood that captivity captive till this morning in my chicken coop. You know, I've been thinking about this over and over, and I had a revelation. Captivity kept, I never understood. So basically what Holy Spirit told me was when Jesus went down to the depth of hell, got the key, those devils, all those scams is captive, you know, keeping us captive as a captivity, he set that free. That's what it meant. To me, that's what he told me this morning. So I share that with you because oh, hopefully that will help somebody. I thought, really? That's what you meant? I never really understood that. So we fight with flesh. Jesus finished. He's got the key all the way to the death. So we shouldn't be afraid of anything. And he gave us the key, he says. So we got the key. So which door you want to open? I'm opening some of my generation. And I'm pulling some of those things out of the captivity. It looks like I'm going to have to do some more teaching later on this. I'm stuck again. Pull me out of that dungeons. Pull me out of that prison in a spiritual realm. Free me. Romans 7, 18, for I know that in me, this is Paul talking about, Paul, Pastor Paul talking about it. What, but, but wasn't he had a, uh, before he met the Lord at the Damascus, he had his righteousness, his own righteousness, right? But he was capable of killing people. Justification was, he's there going against what he believed. So what did you think he has some uh, murdering bloodline coming down from him? Yes, that answer is yes. Because it just doesn't just show up. People, young age, like that killing at the school, it didn't just pop up. It was point of time, that generational stuff, point of time will trigger something and it comes out. So that's why we need to deal with this stuff. I, I don't know about you, but my family line and also my own family, my children and stuff, is nowhere is perfect. There's things happening and it's still happening in the spirit realm. So I need to deal with some of those things. And, so do all the believers. Unless you're happy with what's happening in your family line. So, so Paul, who wrote all this book, who even translated into heaven, having this problem. So obviously we also do. We need to acknowledge that. Our sin nature causes us to gravitate naturally towards selfishness. Envy and pride, even when we are trying to do good. So we're trying to do good. There's some level, we just automatically do good. But there's some level, ooh, wait a minute now. I want to do good, but what is going to cost me? 
how it's going to cost me financially, physically, your time, everything else. Then you start, we start calculating. How would I know that? Because I've been there. And sometimes I'm still doing it and I don't want it. So sometimes we need to look at ourselves, our motive. What is coming? Why is that coming from? Selfishness. It's got to root it somewhere. When kids are born, babies born, like we saw the beautiful picture of baby. When they begin to, when they're in the creep, you don't know that. But when they begin to crawl around, everything comes to you. It doesn't go to other, right? That's a natural sin nature. But Jesus came to break that. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and that by sin, and so to that pass up on all men, for that all have a sin. This is Adam, what Adam did. So I'm laying the ground. I wasn't thinking about doing that, but Holy Spirit wanted me to do that. But that's the reason why Jesus came. He took away. He's got the key. We got the key. And we can make a choice, either agree with sin, our thought, or not. So we're going to talk about trespass. I think I need to stop here because I'm going to, or should I go five more minutes? I think, yeah. Okay. So next time, maybe, I don't know, maybe next week. I don't know. But anyway, there's a, I'm going to talk about trespass and inequity. Then I'm going to talk about the sickness, how that apply what God, word of God say, why you sick? And I'm going to pinpoint a few of the other sickness according to the Bible. Okay? So we're going to talk about that next time. So I hope this helped. I hope I didn't beat you up so much through this. So any comment? I want to I wanna hear some comment today. Yes. Yes, I know. Yes, it is. That's why we'll bring this up. Anybody else? Don't tell me what sin is. I want to know what this helped you. What touched you? Did I touch? Did Holy Spirit touch your mind or your heart, your situation? That's what I want to know. more we do that, more is going to be manifest in our natural realm. Anybody else? Think about your past. Don't dwell there because we live now, not the past. This is why Jesus is here. Okay. Good, good. Uh, uh, those in internet, if you want to say something, you can uh, email us at the Prophecy Club Spiritable, uh, Spiritable Prophecy Church. Okay? Um, there's a lot more.
this is not how I wanted to go, but this is how it went. Okay, so this is very important. It's important to me. And that's why I brought this out. So God bless everybody. God love you. I love you. Let's love other. Uh, and, and let's come out of this bondage and live the life, life more abundantly through Christ Jesus. Okay, so I'll see you in about 15, 10 minutes. Good morning. It is December and 75 outside. I love it. I just, I do want white Christmas. I love snow in the winter. I want my seasons. However, I'm not going to complain. 75 is my perfect weather. So just wish it was like this year round. All right. Just a few announcements. Uh, let's see here. No Bible study on the 24th. Next sun Saturday is our men and women's meetings. Uh, we're going to have our get-togethers. So if you need a flyer, see that at the back. Uh, women, all welcome. Men, you're going to the, the shooting range. It will be a really good time to fellowship with one another. That is going to be on Saturday 11th. Women, we're going to meet at 1030 to 130. And men, you're going to go straight to the, sh the shooting range. Meet there at 945. Sunday, December 19th is going to be our, our uh, holiday Christmas program. So we'll have one service at 1030. So come a little bit early to fellowship and have donuts and coffee and bread. Um, <laughs> all right. Our next fellowship dinner will be on January 23rd. So we're going to do the best chili contest in the world on January 23rd. So make sure you do start signing up for that so we have a good head count. That would be really fun. And Amy is not invited to be partaking in that because she wins a chili contest every year. <laughs> it's so good too. Um, all right. And then we also have the Train the Prophets conference coming up on February 19th through the 22nd. So February 22 of 22. So make sure you are registering for that. There's going to be limited space uh, specifically for this event. So Saturday the night or Friday. Yeah, no, Saturday, February 19th through Tuesday, February 22nd. And we have a special birthday. Island, where are all the kids? They're eating donuts. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Island, we have a special birthday celebration for you. Come on up. <laughs> Come here, Island. Island. Island, come here, please. I didn't see you walking over here. Oh, I love your dress. It's beautiful. How old are you turning? Six. Six years old. This is Island. And we love to bless those kids on their birthday. 
and bring them with some money so they can go get some gifts and toys. So I can start that off, and we'll go ahead and just bring it up for you. We're singing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yay! <laughs> Man, you get to have lots of fun now. <laughs> well, wait, there's more. Um, I'm going to put these sign-up sheets in the back table. Go through and take a look at those uh, for bringing donuts and also signing up for the chili contest. And I will turn it over to you, Lou. Test, test. Good morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. So um, one more item of announcements. Eric lost his phone here. He thinks he lost it at the church last week. So if you see a phone that's not yours, take it, Eric, and uh, pray that he will find that in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the first Sunday of the month, and we do communion on the first Sunday of the month so that it's not a routine. And the Word of God says, do this in remembrance of me. And the Word of God is always saying, remember, I brought you out of Egypt with a strong arm. And the Lord wants us to remember what that he did for him, what Jesus did for us. And it says as many times as you eat and drink. So every day, Jesus wants us to remember what he's done for us. And we should remember because we have wonderful spiritual blessings at our fingertips if we walk with the Lord. And so remembering is important. So in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, we're talking about the Last Supper. When he had given thanks, he broke it. Bring the elements up here, guys. We'll bless them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless the unleavened bread and the grape juice. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So they were eating, and Jesus took the bread, and he broke it because his body was broken. He says, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after dinner, after the supper, the same manner he also took the cup which was wine and he says this cup is a new testament in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me yeah pass them out pass them out distribute the elements so we have can you open this for me these are so much fun to get into <laughs> So we have seven holy convocations that we call them the feast of the Lord and Jesus was the Passover lamb. He bled and died. His blood is the most powerful thing in the universe. Thank you. Yes, sir. 
It washes away sin, for without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So thank you, Jesus. He didn't just shed his blood on the cross. He shed it in seven places. And I'll talk about that later today. But he made appropriation so we can be set free in all areas. And that's what the blood does for us. And after uh, the Passover, he went into the grave three nights and three days. He came out Saturday night. Uh, he was the first fruits offering. Uh, but before that, he was a sinless Unleavened bread is a representation of no sin. Jesus had no sin. So he is a bread of life. Thank you. Yes, sir. Do we have them all passed out? Okay, you online, you can do this at home. You don't have to have a pastor or a priest. You just bless the elements, your grape juice and your bread, and you can take communion in your own home for the healing. It's the meal that heals. Amen? So Jesus said, this is my body broken for you, and they all received it. Jesus is a sinless sacrifice. Amen? He is the unleavened bread. He is the bread of life. After dinner, he took the cup. He said, this is my blood in the New Testament. We have a new covenant, a better covenant than the old covenant made with bull's blood. This is the Lamb of God, holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, the blood of Jesus. And they all drank. Lord, I thank you for the bread and the blood. We receive it. We name you as our God. We thank you for the provisions you've made for us. And we ask you to set us free in all areas. And now, Lord, we come to worship you in spirit and truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh. One more thing before praise and worship. Offering. Yes. Okay. This middle offering is spirit of prophecy offering. We have some other offerings that we're doing also. But this middle bucket, just so you know, is for spirit of prophecy church. So come forward. We bring it to the feet of the apostles here in this church and do a prophetic act. So you cannot outgive God and... Some people would say the tithe is done away with, but uh, the Word of God says, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. God gave. We can't outgive God. I don't care if you give everything you have. Uh, you can't outgive the Lord. So if you want to be blessed, you must give. And Apostle Stan has talked about that, our prayer life, our giving, um, fasting, fasting. The one we love so much, fasting. Stop eating. Deny yourself. Amen. Get those things right, you'll be blessed in every area. So, bless you, bless you, bless you. Is that for Spirit of Prophecy Church? Okay. This middle one. I had a sign up here. This is for Honduras offering. This is for Cambodia offering. The middle one is for what we're doing right now. Amen? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All the way down. All the way down. Yeah. Father, we praise you and thank you. We offer this, and I ask you to smile upon this, the giving, Lord. It may not seem like a lot, but it is life. Money is spiritual. It is life. 
and people have sown into your kingdom, and I ask you to multiply it. Send the rains, the former rains, and the latter rains, and bless this and let it produce a harvest, a harvest to build your kingdom. And we give you all the praise and glory, and we thank you in advance in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now it's time for praise and worship. And could we get a strong man up here to remove this pulpit, please? All right, let's stand up and spread out. Let's enjoy the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Time to worship our King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. Hear the cries of our hearts and hear our prayers. In the name of Jesus, we lift you up. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together.
songs this morning. Tell him who he is and that you love him for. We would not be here if it wasn't for him. Amen. We would not be here today if it wasn't for him. Come on, give him the glory. Glory be to the highest. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory to, glory to God. In the highest, glory. Glory to 
want a breakthrough right now. We want a breakthrough and get to that higher level of worship and work and worshiping on you, worshiping with you, Father God. You are worthy. Hallelujah, our God reigns. You are King of Kings, Lord. Come see the baby crib for a bed. His mother Mary lay down his sweet head. The starlight was shining, the wise men were led. Come see the baby and worship him. His name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. you we do we lift up our hands and our praises and our voices let it be a sweet sound into your ear we do we worship you father god not for the things that you've done but the things you're going to do and we thank you in all things past present and future father god you are worthy 
mighty one, son of God and savior of the world. This is the reasons we come to you with our praise and our worship and we glorify your great and marvelous name. Jesus, Prince of Peace, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. what happens when you're moving around dancing and praising and worshiping the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Hello, congregation. Hello, internet audience. Wow. Anointed praise and worship. Amen. Did you feel that? The Holy Ghost came in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say something to Alina. Uh, you see all this Beautiful Christmassy looking stuff, and there she is. The cross, Helena. We're, I'm talking about you. She she made the church beautiful. She's talented. She's an interior decorator. Uh, come to Spirit of Prophecy Church and and put her to work. She can make your house pretty. She does a good job making the church pretty. You weren't here for a couple weeks, so I just wanted to let you know what you're doing isn't going unnoticed. It's wonderful. I love it. So it looks really great. Yeah. It's okay to have beautiful things around us, isn't it? That's right. All right. The seasons, four seasons. We're in winter in Texas. I love it. We have three months that are really hot here that are miserable. You need the AC running at top notch, full speed all the time. But now we have nine months of good. And so I love it. 50 degrees. In December, I can go out and feed the chickens this afternoon in my t-shirt and shorts, and I won't be cold. So we love this. And then July, August, September, sometimes October is pretty hot, miserable, but it only lasts a short time. And then we have the good. Amen. So we're in the Christmas season and I uh, hate to pop your bubble, but Jesus' birthday is not December 25th. He's not born. He actually, I believe he was conceived at the Feast of uh, Hanukkah, which is a festival of lights, which is not a uh, biblical feast of the Lord. It's just an extra feast that the Jews have made. When they retook the temple, uh, the Maccabees retook the temple and um, built it back up again. So they have that festival for Dedicating the temple, but I believe Jesus was conceived and so if you count nine months later He should have been born sometime around September, which would we would call the Feast of Trumpets. So That's but it's good to have Christmas. It's good for the children and um, It's fun for the kids. I always had a lot of fun 
and we celebrated the pagan holidays with the Christmas tree and all that stuff. We didn't know that it was a pagan symbol, but now uh, once you've been enlightened, you change. So not going to talk about that today, but uh, we are going to talk about sevenfold recompense in the hand of God. So let me pray. Father, I bless your holy name. I thank you that I can come and break your bread and, and cast it to the nations. Lord, we ask you to activate the word and let it be written on our hearts so that we can live and move and breathe and have our being in you and us, you and us and us and you, and we can function and we can shift the atmosphere and do those things that the word says that we can do. Cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, the lame to walk, cleanse the lepers, all those things, Lord, that's our heritage. And we thank you, Lord, and teach us how to do this thing. And I thank you in advance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, seven, they talk about seven a lot. And we're not going into numerology today, but uh, how many days are in a week? Okay, Jesus shows us many things that are in the natural that we can apply to the spirit. How many feasts of the Lord are there? How many places did Jesus shed his blood? Okay, so seven is a important number, and we talk about sevenfold miracles here, right? Yes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I got a little ringing here. Uh, the hand of the Lord, sevenfold recompense, payback. Now, this is one of Apostle Stan's most wonderful worship, uh, praise and worship. It's Jeremiah 16, 21. It says, therefore... Behold, which means look. God is saying, look, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand in my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord, which is my name is Jehovah, which is the Old Testament name of God, which is the covenant God. So let's just all do a prophetic act and look at our hand. Put your hand out there. John the Baptist says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So just place your hand on your heart and say, activate. I'm not activating, but Father, activate your kingdom in me, in Jesus' name. So I want you to think all week long, every time you see your hand, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the Lord's hand, we're talking about God's hand now. Now, God's hand is invisible because he's a spirit. But it's still a hand. Everything in the spirit that we read in the Bible, it's real. The places are real. The, so like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death is a real place in the spirit. The um, stuck in the miry clay. The miry clay in the Bible is a real place in the spirit. And we can get stuck in the spirit in the miry clay. So anyway, I want you to think about God's hand. Now, everybody knows the gospel is a two-edged sword. Amen? Amen? Why is it a two-edged sword? Why is it not just a one-edged sword? Cuts both ways. Cuts both ways. Extra donut for Bill. It cuts both ways. So what does that mean? It means we can cut our enemies down, but if we don't watch, it'll cut us too. We have to be careful. You know, saying, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, and operating. So even like when we took communion earlier, it says, take not this unworthily, or you will become 
sick and sleep, which means you will die. So just being a Christian doesn't mean you're off the hook and you can do anything you want. There are consequences, whether you know it or not. We had a great anointed speaker, Mrs. Young, teaching about generational curses. They operate whether you believe it, they operate whether you know about them, and until you know about and believe them and function in the kingdom of God, you cannot break those things. And I'm echoing again. Two-edged sword, cuts both ways. Okay, now this is a pagan symbol, but uh, it's a picture of what the world calls Lady Justice. And I thought this was very interesting. But our God is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and he is going to judge the world. After you die, it says, then the judgment, which is the judgment seat. And we're not supposed to be at the white throne judgment. Those are for unbelievers. We're going to be at the mercy seat. Amen? We'll be judged with mercy. But nonetheless, you can see the uh, goddess, Lady Justice, has on a blindfold, which means justice is blind. So the Lord does not look, you know, to see if you're a rich man, a poor man, or if you've been blessed and done a lot of things for the Lord, you've done nothing. He's, he's not looking. He looks right at the heart. And the word of God is alive. It's a discerner of spirit and soul separating bone and marrow. So he can see inside the spirit realm and see really what is inside of us that we may or may not even know that we have in us, good or bad. So it's blind and you can see the scales. No, you can go blessing, cursing, good, evil. Abundance, lack, okay? It's, that's your two-edged sword. This is, the, this is another representation of our gospel. Then you have the sword, which is God's word. And I thought this was interesting. You see that? What is that? That's a snake, you know? So you take the sword of the Lord, just like Jesus did when he was tempted of the devil. And he says, it is written. And we put Satan under our feet, right? with the sword of the Lord, and I don't know what this book is, it's probably a pagan book, but I'll just say that's the word of God, the Bible. So that's justice. Now we don't think of justice like that, at least I don't. I think of the lion of the tribe of Judah, roaring with might and power, that's Jesus Christ, another description of who he is, bringing justice. Now, we think when we die and go to heaven, we will get our rewards, and we will, but we'll get our blessings there, but. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven, when he's in you and you in him, it's now. The kingdom of heaven is now. No, there is time on the earth. There's no time in heaven. But I want you to understand that Jesus will judge a nation while it is a nation. So while America is existing, America will be judged. It won't be judged after we're gone. It will be judged while we are an existing nation. And while we are alive, there's judgment. How does that work? You know, will we be judged after we die? Yes, on our whole entire life. But there's also judgment now. That's why some people are sick. Some people die early. They say only the good die young. You know, we can die at any time. So enough about that. Judgment can happen anytime. Doesn't have to happen at the last trump. It's happening now as we speak to all of us in one way or the other. So, Isaiah 66, 14. And when you see this, your heart shall rejoice and your bones shall flourish like a herb 
Here we go again. The hand of the Lord shall be known towards his servants and indignation towards his enemies. Now, we are all servants of the Lord, right? I don't like to see myself as a servant of the Lord because servants have certain rules and privileges. But when I was born again and said, Jesus, come into my heart, I can serve the Lord, but I don't look at myself that way. I look at myself as a son. And if I'm God's son, I'm not Jesus, his son, but I am a son of God. That's how I see myself. So that gives me higher rights and privileges than a servant. You know, think about it in the natural. Servants can have certain things. And yes, even though I'm a son of God, I should serve. But I don't see myself as a servant. Amen. You know, so like you'll hear people say when we die, we want to hear, come into the kingdom of heaven. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well, I want to be a good and faithful servant, but I want him to say, son, come in to the joy of the Lord. I, I, that's how I see myself to saying. But nonetheless, this scripture says the hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants, which is us, and his enemies. There you go, the two-edged sword again. Amen? Amen. Oh, indignation. The Apostle Stanley would say, the morning star, the sword of God, the last trump, Armageddon. But indignation is anger caused by something that is unfair or wrong. And I'll just say that's the biblical definition, something against the word of God or the will of God. Here's indignation. No, I don't want to meet that person. No, I'm not saying God's a woman, but indignation is anger. Like I'm gonna come and get you and you can run, but you can't hide that type of stuff. This is indignation. And for sure, we don't want God to be indignant towards us, right? We want to be in the two-edged sword of the blessing. You know, like Deuteronomy 28, you got the blessings and cursings. We like the blessings. We don't want the cursings. And so God is going to be indignant at his enemies. And here is the movie, Jesus uh, upending the money uh, changers, the tables in the temple. He was indignant, okay? How did Jesus have anger and not sin? Well, there is such a thing as righteous anger. And I hear people say, I have righteous anger. Well, I wouldn't go there if I was you because it's too easy to step across the line. But, you know, I heard it said, uh, a pastor goes like, all my congregation is angry. What should I do? And somebody said, find out who's angry at the right thing and get them involved on your side. So we can be angry and we should be angry at sin and the devil and so, for example, uh, the Supreme Court is going to vote on the abortion issue, Roe versus Wade. Well, we should be angry at the child sacrifice and abortion, and we should pray and fight. No, that is okay to be angry at the works of the enemy. Amen? But we can't be angry. We don't fight flesh and blood. We can't be angry with our brothers and sisters, because if we are, it says, you know, you've killed them. If you have anger against your brother, you've killed them. And so there you are a murderer. And so I'm, I'm guilty of that. And the people that hang out with me know I have a, you know, don't press my button because sometimes the top of my head blows off, right, Mrs. Young? I don't like it, but uh, I have still things that need to be sanctified in my life. She's being quiet right now. Never miss an opportunity to be silent. She's learning, Apostle Stan. 
Who's going to know the hand of the Lord? We are. And who else? Our enemies. Okay, here's some revelation. 15.4. Who, this stand loves this. I love it too. Who should not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Now, he says, when thy judgments are made manifest. I believe he says it that way, because they haven't been manifested on the day of the Lord, Armageddon, yet. But the judgments are on us right now. Blessings and cursings are operating in our lives, in our family, against our jobs, against our spiritual walk, um, revelation from reading the Word of God and the Spirit of God, our children, you name it, everything has a connection in the spirit realm, everything. And so all nations, all nations, even today, all nations, you know, they have the UN, the United Nations, uh, most, many of them are against God. Most of them. So who is going to know the hand of the Lord? Everyone, Deuteronomy 7, 9, there, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Mrs. Young had this same slide in her PowerPoint this morning, talking about generational curses. Covenant is a contract. Let's see what I got here for the next slide. Yes, this is what a covenant is. It's a contract or a betrothal. We would say engagement or a marriage certificate. So if we're in Christ, we're really betrothed to, you know, be married and joined with him. We're, we're already joined with him if we said Jesus come into our heart. But one day we'll get the actual marriage supper of the Lamb. But I, we don't have to wait for that. We're betrothed. And I'm, I'm going to bring a teaching sometime in the next 12 months about this. It, it's a whole lot more different than the way we uh, see marriage in America where you get engaged. If you're engaged and, and uh, you decide that, you know, that's the wrong person, you just, you know, say, keep the ring or give me back. I break up over and done with. But when you're betrothed, you have to get a certificate of divorce because they consider when you're betrothed, they consider you married. It's different than the way we see marriage. But a covenant. So this is Jehovah, which is the covenant God. And we have a contract, a blood contract, life and death. So in John 14, 15, the word of God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So we were talking at Friday night Bible study. Soon he thought I was going a little bit too heavy on this. But uh, if you say Jesus come into my heart and there's no change, uh, you could need deliverance uh, and you'd be a baby Christian. But if you've been a Christian, I'll say it this way, Sunni. If you've been a Christian for 10 years and you're still doing carnal things and uh, there's no fruit, then are you really saved? Is, is that too heavy? Okay, I'll, I'll base that on the scripture that says a tree is known by its fruit. So if you take and plant fruit trees, which we did when we moved into our property... And we're just beginning to get a little fruit now, but it takes five years to develop a fruit tree to produce fruit. So it's not just something that you say, Jesus, come into my heart and everything's wonderful and you're being blessed. It takes, there's some other things you have to do. That's the first step. 
So there's a sanctification process that happens, it begins. So like in our life, we were hard cases. And so when we got saved, God showed up in our house. And let me tell you, instantly, everything just turned upside down. And we lost our friends instantly. Uh, I mean, everything changed because uh, the way I explain it is the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So if you uh, have someone in your, like, great-great-grandma got saved in Korea and then uh, come down the bloodline, and your mother she prayed and all of a sudden something shifted in the atmosphere God showed up Amen. so everything changed for us that's the way it worked for us no other people it don't work that way sometimes it's slow you change slow but for me uh, one day I smoked and one day I didn't smoke. And if you've ever had that problem, you'd throw your cigarettes. I, I went on mission trips. I was in the church smoking, went on mission trips, leave my cigarettes in Iowa, and go to Africa for a two-week mission, come back, and I'd, I'd start smoking again. I couldn't break it. I'd throw them out the uh, car door going to work, and then about two hours later, you're going like, I gotta go to 7-Eleven. And you know, you sat out in the parking lot and smoke two back-to-back, because -back you're trying to, calm yourself down so that was the way I operated but when God showed up at my house one day I smoked one day I didn't instantly that was gone the other things took a while but I'm telling you uh, for me it was for, for me and Sunni it was pretty fast but we were hard cases you know we were we were a mess but for other people you sanctify slowly am I making sense am I talking to somebody okay this is how you know if you are a Christian, you keep God's commandments. So, again, this may seem repetitive, but who's going to know the hand of the Lord? God's servants and God's enemies. Every tongue shall confess. Every knee shall bow. Now, we know that's at the end, but even now, whether you know or not, God is moving he hovered over the face of the deep in the very beginning and his spirit moved over the face of the waters. It's still active today. Okay, okay, this is non, uh, I don't have to explain this, right? This is a lie from hell. It looks like everybody else is getting blessed, but you're leaving out. So I'm going to go over here. Well, that's what the devil wants you to do. I got to go over here. You know, we're chasing signs and wonders. This guy's anointed, so I'll follow him. Oh, this guy. Oh, now I'm going over here, and, and you're just like a dog chasing his tail. Plant yourself in a good church, like Spirit of Prophecy Church. It's a training and equipping church. Get trained up. Learn how to function. Learn what not to do, which is important. And learn what to do and how to do it decently and in order. And plant yourself. So the grass is not greener on the other side. That's a lie. The hand of the Lord is a double-edged sword. So the word, it says the word of God is a double-edged sword. But the spirit part of the word of God, which divides spirit and soul, it's also a double-edged sword. And that is something that can have both favorable, we love that, and unfavorable consequences. We don't want none of that, right? <laughs> We don't want to have to circumcise our heart 
because that would hurt, right? We have to cut off something that we really like that we shouldn't have. Cut that, circumcise your heart. We don't want to do that. We don't want to pick up our cross and bear it because that's hard. The hand of the Lord brings blessings for his servants and judgment to his enemies. This goes back to Deuteronomy 28, which is in the Old Testament. Of course, you're going like, that's all done away with. Well, let me tell you, it's a hand and a glove. They fit together. Even Paul talked and Jesus talked about Old Testament stuff in the New Testament. It's not done away with. We just have a better covenant because of the blood of Jesus. Okay, Isaiah 66, 14 and 16. When you see this, your heart shall rejoice and your bones shall flourish like a herb and the hand of the Lord shall be known towards his servants and indignation towards his enemies. Next verse, for behold, or the Lord, every time you see that word behold, God is saying, look, this is the way it is. The Lord will come with fire. Okay, and we've heard that here at this pulpit many years. And with his chariots like a whirlwind judgment to render his the word is anger his indignation with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire now being a deliverance minister will be in the fight and I'll say I rebuke you in Jesus name and you can't believe some of the things that happen when I say that. <laughs> These demons will spit, they'll cuss, they'll do all kinds of stuff. But the Lord is rebuking. Strong, strong scolding. This is judgment. For by fire and by his sword, the Lord will plead with all flesh, and the slain of the Lord shall be many. Now this, I just want to remind you that in most mainstream churches, you're getting this wonderful message of the Lord loves you. This is true. The Lord will bless you. This is true. But you know what we're missing is the fear of the Lord. And he can spank you. And you don't have to worry about the devil if you're a believer. Worry about the one that can cast your soul into hell fires which is the Lord on day of atonement judgment day and here we have a picture which is probably not a very good picture of God but um, you see the lightning or the morning star or judgment coming down I like to say this would be uh, when the um, Egyptians the Hebrews went through the the sea into the promised land to do the first Passover that God, you know, the Egyptians ran down with their gold-wheeled chariots chasing them, and, and the water drowned them. So that is what that is. Isaiah 45, 7. I've never heard this scripture preached, and I found this, studying this out. Listen to the word of God. God speaking. I form the light. We know when that happened in Genesis, let there be light. Jesus is the light of the world. Now, if you ever wondered where the rest of this stuff come from, it says, and create darkness. Thank God there's no darkness in the new Jerusalem, in our heavenly. Will be no shadow, no darkness. But God made the dark. That's where it came from. And he also made 
Satan. But before he made Satan, he was Lucifer. He was the anointed cherub. I make peace. I create evil. That's why we don't have to fear Satan. He's on a short chain. And technically, according to the teaching that Sunni brought this morning, he's under our feet because Jesus took back the keys of hell and death and mocked him, led captivity captive, and we have the key now. We have the key right now. I, the Lord, do all these things. Another scripture uh, says, I've created all things for my pleasure. He created it all, good and bad. You know, the invisible kingdom we can't see. There's all kinds of stuff going on out there. Four-headed creatures and beasts and angels, good angels. The first guy I went to see uh, that we did deliverance, he could see in the spirit, real spiritual discernment. He could see, and he would see good angels, bad angels, the Holy Ghost, the human spirit, and demons. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Interesting guy, pretty interesting guy. So I want you to think about uh, me, myself, and I. I have a scripture for this about God. See how many me, myself, and I are in this little verse here. Deuteronomy 32, 39. See now that I, this is God speaking, even I am he, or he's saying it's me, and there is no God. You see that's a little God? That means there's no Buddha, there's no Hare Krishna, you know, there's no wood, hay, or stubble. There's no false god, like fake news, there's no false gods. There's no God with me. I kill. I know you've heard this verse. God's saying, I kill. I make alive. He's saying, I claim this. Don't, you know, usually I have a testimony later. I wound. I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. We're talking about the hand of the Lord here. The strong arm of God. That's the me, myself, and I scripture. God is saying, I take credit for the things that you see, the good and the bad. This is fear of the Lord stuff. This is a pill that a lot of you are going to have a hard time getting down. I don't think in our church, because we do talk about this quite a bit, but if you've been under the bless me and prosperity, this is a bitter pill to swallow, but it's God's word. You know, you can't eat God's word like a smorgasbord where you go for the pie and ice cream. You gotta eat the liver in the sauerkraut and the, eat your vegetables. <laughs> Exodus 3.20, God speak again. I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt. Now this is the indignation, the anger of God. With all my wonders, signs of wonders, fire, Sword, famine, pestilence, grasshoppers, frogs, darkness, flies, all those plagues he did. These are the wonders of God, which I will do in the midst thereof, and after that he will let you go. Well, we know that God sent Moses and he turned the water to wine, uh, water to wine, water to blood, thank you, water to blood, and hardened Pharaoh's hearts, so he wouldn't let him go. So God was pulling the strings, see? First he told Moses, you go do this, he'll let you go, but I'll harden his heart. How's that work? Well, God's the boss. He gets to make the rules. So he's building us a picture of how we're supposed to operate in the spirit. 
Exodus 3.21, And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. Okay, now this is a blessing scripture. Christians are not supposed to go before the Lord empty. And it says in Leviticus, where you come to the seven feasts, you come before me, don't come empty-handed. You know, oh, I'm broke, Lord, I got empty pockets. Well, that's not supposed to be. We're supposed to be prosperous people, you know. Be fruitful and multiply in Genesis. It's not just multiply children. Yes, children, but other things. So if you're a farmer, uh, have abundant crops. If you're a computer guy, uh, have a lot of job and make a lot of money. Nothing wrong with that. We're not supposed to, you know how the best way to help the poor? Don't be one of them. Make money. Pay your bills. Pay your taxes. Give offerings. Support, you know, the church. Support God's people, the widows, the homeless. Amen. Orphans. Thank you, Mrs. Young. And the orphans. So we like this part. I will give this people favor. Who is this people? It's right here. Internet. Christians, believers. We are this people. And the Egyptians, they're the world. It's a picture of the world. No, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And the less we can disconnect from the world, the more we can get connected to the power that created the world. Amen. So they're going to rob these guys. We get the booty. It's payback time. Two-edged sword, good or bad. Payback good, payback bad. It's your choice. Proverbs 6.30. Men do not spy as a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if... There's the two biggest words in the Bible. But if he be found, he shall restore how many fold? Seven. Seven. So I took one donut. I stole one donut. And I got caught. Now I have to buy seven. That's what God's word says, right? Amen. Sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. Now, if you think Satan hasn't stole from you, you know, come up here so I can slap you around because you're not paying attention. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's taken from all of us. Before we were Christians, he just had free reign. Now that we are bought with the blood of the lamb, he has more, there's more resistance, but still he's stolen from us, and we can get that back. How much? Sevenfold. Now, how do you do all these things? Yes. How do I do that, Pastor Lou? Let's find out. So what were the Hebrews doing in bondage uh, under Pharaoh? And um, we read this at Friday night Bible study. They said, let us go so we can sacrifice. And Pharaoh said, you loudmouth punks, shut your mouth, take away their straw and keep the number of bricks going because you want to waste time and, and go sacrifice to your God. Stupid. Shut up and go to work. That's what he was saying. So they were crying. And when I say crying, I was saying they were talking to the Lord. They were praying to the God. God heard the cry. So let's read the scripture. It says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. Some of you on the internet and maybe even here in church have had something bad happen to you. And you go, God didn't care. He didn't see but he, he, saw it, he saw it all. He saw it all. Yeah, I got time to tell this. So, again, we went to the um, first deliverance that uh, 
uh, back in Iowa years ago, and uh, I, I hope I can tell this without, we're an open book, so, okay. Anyway, uh, this guy could see in the spirit, and he looks at Sunny, and he goes, you got lost in the zoo when you are a little child, and I see you crying, Mommy. She got lost in the zoo, and God had seen her. Anyway, she got rescued. Mommy found her. She found Mommy somehow. He saw that in the spirit. So you think God's not seeing, but he, he sees. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So God says, I heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters. These were the um, foreman's working for Pharaoh, beating on them with whips and making them work. And, and uh, they were just evil people. Uh, slaves. They were slaves. And uh, they had hard taskmasters. So God says, I heard the cry. And I know their sorrow. Now, I love this scripture. This is a prophetic scripture that uh, all prophets know. But we have the power to decree things. And soon he was talking about our words. Our words are spirit and life. And when we speak evil, they're still spirit. And they're not life. They're spirit and death. But they're spirit. Our words are spirit because we are a spirit being. And so they have weight that we don't many times think they have. But when we send those out, they're alive and they're shifting things. It can be two-edged swords, see? Good or bad. So we have to be careful what we speak. Yes, Sunni, I am listening to what I'm saying. Uh, the, you know, generational curses, they're in my life too. And I'll just say there's things I need more sanctification on. One of it is my mouth. Amen. Okay? And uh, if you've been around me close, uh, some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm sorry if I offended any of it. Forgive me. But I have a long ways to go too. Amen. But this is a good scripture, Job twenty-two twenty-eight. It says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee that the light shall shine upon thy ways. So you can decree things, and you have power when you make a decree. So how would you do this? I decree, I've, I've done this, and it's actually come to pass in my life. But you, I can't get my wallet out here. I'm tied up with this cord. But I take my wallet out. And we're, praise God, thank you, Jesus, we're debt-free. But I put my bills out. I put my house contract out, and I go, I speak and decree, debt cancellation, paid in full. You know what? It didn't happen overnight, but eventually, uh, at my age now, I can say I'm, I'm debt-free. You know, we have regular monthly bills. Death and taxes never leave, but um, everything's paid for. And so you can decree that. And did, did, did I work hard and, and pay the bills? Yes, I did. But who uh, allowed me to get the jobs and to make, you know, at my age, be healthy and go out and work hard and make this money? It was the Lord. But this is something that we can do. We can decree a thing. And I'm not saying, like, I need a new Cadillac, so I name it and claim it. It's not like that. You have to blood, sweat, and tears. You have to work. You have to work. And even get, to get closer to God, you have to work. To get closer to God. Yes, he wants to bless us and he wants to give us. But it's not just like I told Sunni driving in. She goes, I, I need to get closer to God. We have to do something. I go, well, God's not just going to drop a golden brick on your head and go like, plunk, there it is. Have it. You know, we have to do something. It'd be nice if he would do that, but it don't work that way. The anointing, you know, Jesus come into my heart is free, but the anointing is cost something. You know, it's just not handed out to 
everybody. It, it, it'd be nice if it was, but it's not. So you can, this is something you can do. You can decree a thing against the enemy and ask God to move on your behalf. You'll shift the atmosphere. Amen. That's one way to do that. Hosanna. Remember when Jesus rode in on the little donkey? Everybody's stolen down palm branches and the Pharisees are there and they're going, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And the Pharisees are going, listen to what they're saying. You all shut up. And Jesus goes, if we shut up, tell them to shut up. The rocks will cry out. Yes, I am getting wound up. Soon he says, settle down, Pastor Lou. They were going, Hosanna. They're throwing, Jesus is coming. They're waving the palm branches, strawing the way. Here comes the King of Kings. And they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Well, what do you think Hosanna means? Save us now. Save us now. Now, what does save us now mean? Well, I told you in the Greek, salvation doesn't mean I'm saved, I die, I go to heaven. It means saved, healed, delivered, made whole, preserved. Okay? Jesus come into your heart. There's just a small part of your spirit that's saved. Then you need sanctification in your spirit. That's why David said, who, a wounded spirit, who can bear? So there's lots of things that we need to get fixed. But this means save us now. Not 20 years down the road. Save us now. Deliver us now. Heal us now. Preserve us. We want to be preserved, right? Because if you're not preserved, you know what happens to moldy food in the refrigerator. It stinks and it rots and you throw it out, right? It's not preserved. We need preservation. Salt. Is a good preservative, you know. So they're saying uh, Hosanna, which means save us now. We, when do we want our prayers answered? Next week? Oh, somebody said now. You already had two kolaches. <laughs> Thank you, Suni. Suni sported for the donuts and kolaches. If you're anointed, I guess you get kolaches, right? There you go, Justin. Oh, she so got 20 of them. 20 anointings. Okay, Psalms 118.25. Save now. I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee. Send now prosperity. So here's your prosperity gospel. You know, uh, there's a scripture that says you have not because you ask not. So if you need a good job, ask the Lord. He's saying, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. No, we don't in America have a problem with this because we want to snap our fingers and get our prayers answered. We, we understand this. We do, we all want it now, even me, more than all of you, I think. I want my, I love to see my prayers answered. And when, and when I pray and, and something happens, it, it doesn't really shock me that much. I guess I haven't raised the dead yet. That probably would shock me, but um, I, I cast out demons. That doesn't shock me. Um, I pray for healing. Um, that doesn't shock me when the Lord heals. Um, but I expect my prayers to, to go through the second heaven and into the throne room of God and dad to hear and answer. And I expect him to answer now. And when it doesn't happen, I don't get mad and give up. I just know that sometimes there's things in my life that I'm not close enough to God. But when we're working on that, amen? amen? All of us are working on that. So we want it now. The king, and the reason I put this scripture up is because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means it's here now. We don't have to die and go to heaven. You know, Mark 16, 17, and 18 says, These signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. We're not, not gonna, we're, we ain't going to need signs and wonders when we're dead in heaven. 
We need him now. Okay, this is Speedy Gonzalez. We want our prayers to be answered fast. Amen? Amen. Amen. Speedy Gonzalez. Save now. What does save now mean? Well, it means to be open, wide, or free. We want to be free. Safe, and speaking of free, you know, just because we live in America, the home of the brave and the land of the free, you can be in prison, you know, have a family member locked up behind bars, but you can be sitting in a church pew and be in prison, yeah. a spiritual prison. Right. You can be in the miry clay and still be a Christian, stuck. Yeah. Amen. So free, safe, avenging, defend, deliver. Help, preserve, rescue, be safe, get victory. We all want the Lord to do that for us. When? Right now. Save me now. It means so much. Here's another thing that we can do. How do, how do we activate the kingdom of God in our life? James 5.16. Confess your faults one to another. Now, we don't do a whole lot of that. I'm not saying confess it in front of the church like this, but if you have a, an accountability partner or you have a prayer team that they can keep their mouth shut and not blab it all over to the, you know, everyone on the planet, you can, that's someone you can trust. You can, you know, so me and Sunni, we confess our faults one to another. I mean, it's not like, you know, we wear this stuff in our home, right? But she knows what I'm, and I know her, so, but she's perfect. <laughs> confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed because Christians need healing the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man the word says righteous man that just means mankind uh, so you're women you're righteous and you know don't think I grew up in the Baptist church we're all dirty rotten sinners well this is true you know we still sin not consciously many times but um, point is the blood of Jesus washed you free and clean so that makes you righteous that's why we can go boldly into the throne room of God with praise and thanksgiving and ask for help in a time of need and expect to get our prayer answered now so don't think of yourself as a dirty rotten sinner you've been saved by grace and washed by the blood you have a right as a son of God and I mean son a, a daughter of God for the girls go into the throne room and Tug on dad's coattail. I need something. And tell him and expect an answer in your favor. So, prayer. And here's what I'm going to suggest that you pray. Father, stretch forth your hand. Bring judgment on my enemies. And make him pay me back sevenfold. You don't have to know what he stole. Just trust me. He stole. Some of you know what he stole. And you can pray for that. But if you don't know, don't worry about it. Just uh, ask you to stretch forth your hand and bring judgment against my enemies and make him pay me back sevenfold. Because the scripture says sevenfold, right, man? I'm a ringing a little bit. You are going to say, Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, bring me blessings. Don't be afraid to ask the Lord to bless you. Give me favor. I like to say it this way uh, when I'm praying for people. I bless you and I ask you, Father, to give them favor with God and man. That's a two-edged sword. 
so they can have favor with the Father and get all the spiritual blessings, which we've been given already, and then favor with man. So that like Daniel had favor with man, see? Joseph had favor with man. He was in the prison, and then he was raised to the second command of Pharaoh. So that's favor of man. But you can have favor of God and man. So bless them, bring blessings to me, or if it's your children, bless my children. Bless and not curse. Give them favor and recompense. Means pay back. Father in heaven, pay back sevenfold what the enemy has stolen. Description of recompense, any equivalent or return for something done, suffered or given, compensation offered, and recompense for injuries. It's payback. Payback. We want to get paid back. It's a return. Like when you put money into an account, you expect a return uh, increase. Okay, somebody... Many Christians need to hear this. Don't just barely survive. Don't just get by. We have a heritage. We're not supposed to be the tail. We're supposed to be the head. And read it in Deuteronomy 28, the blessings. Those things are for us. They're not for the world. Now, this is the thing about the two-edged sword. I'm really humming up here. I'm in a barrel. The world that is not saved that walks according to the scripture, even though they don't know it, because there are some people out there that don't lie and don't cheat and they work hard and they are, are getting ahead and they're actually under the blessing of God. It says, I send rain on the just and the unjust. And if they're walking according to the Lord, even though they're not Jesus come into my heart, they're being blessed by the same God that we serve. But we have a heritage. Too much stuff to teach in. 45 minutes, Sunni. If you don't like your life right now, begin to speak what you want and to stop speaking what you don't want and bless and not curse. What, what, are, you, what are you shaking your head, Mrs. Young? Ask, ask the Lord what, what is blocking for this to not come to me. Okay, so that sounds like a teaching for next Sunday morning. So you're talking about a generational curse. Yes, there's blockings in the spirit that we can't see. And if we don't know what they are, they're operating, but we can't. Am I the only one that has, I mean, look, I get a lot of prayers answered and I thank God that, but there's some things that haven't been answered yet, but I haven't given up. But do you know in the spirit realm that I can't see and have the knowledge of revelation, something is blocking that. And so many times, we pray, we're in the first heaven, the earth, and then the second heaven, and then God's in the third heaven. And we pray, and the prayer goes right into the throne room of God. The angels take your prayer, and they start heading out to deliver your blessing. And they get hung up in the second heaven because there's opposition there. Like when Daniel prayed, he got held up, the angel, by the prince of Persia. He finally broke through. But we have things in the second heaven. God hears. You think he's not paying attention, doesn't care, not answering. But he heard, answered, sent it, and it got hung up. Because there's some spirit there that is blocking. There's an open door in your life somewhere, which is called a generational curse. So you can tune in in a week. I think maybe, uh, the Lord willing, Mrs. Young will be teaching more on that. But there are things in the spirit that blocks our prayers. So thank you, Jesus. I get a lot of prayers answered, but there's still things that... You know, I'm not getting the full uh, manifestation of every prayer I pray answered yet.
But take this to the bank. Mrs. Young says it's coming, and not just for me, for you too. And, you know, we cannot go above our teacher. Many pastors cannot teach this type of stuff because they haven't lived it, walked it, and experienced it. So you're at whatever level they're at. But I'm telling you, we are going up higher. And what we know, we will tell you. And so you can operate in it too. It's called Revelation. Woo. Exodus 6.6. 6. This is the Amplified Bible. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will free you from your bondage. No, don't we want to be free? From all bondage in every area? Don't we want to come out of darkness into the marvelous light of the Lord Jesus Christ? I will redeem you and rescue you with an outstretched arm. With great acts of judgments against the world. For us, this is favor with God. Okay, let's back up. I do a whole nother teaching, which we'll bypass today, called the four cups. First cup is, I will bring you out. You get taken out of Pharaoh's bondage. I will free you. Then you get the monkey off your back. Then he redeems you. He pays your debt. That's with the blood of the lamb, washes you free and clean. Then he rescues you. We all need to be rescued from something in the spirit realm. Amen. And the Lord does it with his Mighty right arm, the hand of the Lord. Give to me. Here's another thing you can pray. I'm teaching you how to do some warfare prayers. Father in heaven, give to me recompense. Rescue me. Rescue my children. Rescue my job. Redeem me. Pay my debts off. Spiritual debts, real debts. Now don't be stupid and rack up a credit card over and over and over. Trust me, you want to get out of debt, you got to stop doing that. So you don't have to do it like me, but the last vehicle I bought, I saved up the money and had a stack of cash. I said, I'll take that. Here's the money. See ya. Pay cash. Don't be, if you're in debt, you're in bondage, right? Amen. Y'all got a house note. You, you got your name. You're, you're paying to the bank. You don't own the house. The bank owns it. You're in bondage. Pay the thing off. Now, is that easy to do? No, it's hard. But... It will help when you start to pray. Father in heaven, recompense me. Rescue me. Redeem me. Give me retribution. Retribution is deserved and severe punishment. Well, wouldn't we like to give the devil his due? Yes. He deserves it. And do we want to just slap his wrist? I want to cut his head off. I want to, you know, lift my foot up and see his face on the bottom of my shoe. Because the board says he's under my feet. I want it that way, you know. I don't have to worry about, you know, old Slewfoot. All I have to worry about is, am I making God happy? If I'm making him happy, everything else is going to go good for me. Amen. Amen. And you. Okay, it says pray. Put yourself in the hands of God. Amen. Trust him. It's hard when the enemy is... You know, you feel that hot breath on the back of your neck and he's got you jerked up and your feet are going like this. You know, put me down, you dirty devil. And, you know, everything's falling apart around you. That's when it's hard to have faith. But that's when you need to have faith the most. So trust God. Put yourself in his hands and trust him. What part of no don't you understand? All of it. 
the N and the O. What part of now don't you understand? I'm asking you, what part of now? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. When? Right now. Expect to get your prayers answered. Expect that the spiritual world is real and functioning in your life right now, even though you can't see it. So what's happening in, in this room where there's angels and demons right here working and we're just sitting here having a good time at church and bless the Lord, but it's real. It's the invisible kingdom. And inside of me is a spirit man that you cannot see. That's the real me. We're all spirit beings. And we function in the spirit. We're not an earth man having a spiritual experience. We're a spirit man having an earthly experience. Amen? Amen. Wake up and smell the coffee. Here's another prayer they prayed in Acts. I love this prayer. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. You can say, look what the enemy is doing to my family. Look what the enemy is doing. Look, Lord, behold, and grant unto me that will speak with all boldness that we can speak your word which is what jesus used when he was fasting in the wilderness he said it is written it is written and finally he defeated the enemy and he just left him he left him for a season he came back and he'll come back to you too but that's how you defeat him it is written by stretching forth your hand we're talking to god Look at what the enemy is doing, Lord. Give me boldness to speak your word and stretch forth your hand to heal that the signs and wonders may be done by the name of Jesus. Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Become aggressive. You know, tell the devil how high, what color, and where to go, and when to do it. That's our authority. And he has, you know, I like to remind him, you know, I take my authority from Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father, and you have no more, you have no hold on me. You have no place in me. You know, get lost. You're trespassing on God's property. I rebuke you. Get out of here. Don't show your face. Don't come back. That's how I talk to Satan. You should too. So remember, you know, when we did communion, it says as many times as you eat and drink, do this in remembrance of me because we forget. We get busy with our job and our family and whatnot. But every day we should remember our wonderful Lord, what he did for us. You know, he took us out of darkness into light. So we have to remember Remember the Alamo, you Texans? Okay, we're just about done here. Exodus 13.3. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of the bondage, by the strength of the hand of the Lord, brought you out of this place. There shall be no unleavened bread eaten. This is the Passover. They went and did Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and then 50 days later it was Pentecost. So... This is why we do the Feast of the Lord. It's a picture. It's a type and shadow of what God did. Passover is the blood of the Lamb, cleansing us from sin. Uh, verse 9, And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thy hand, for a memorial between the eyes, which is the Teflon that the Jews use, which we don't use because that's a religious thing and it's crazy. But that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. This is the spiritual part. We write it in our mouth, in our heart. We speak it. For with a strong hand, the Lord brought you out of Egypt. The Lord is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He'll take you out of Egypt. He'll part the Red Sea. He'll take you to the promised land. And then you have to do your job. you got to go take the biggest, strongest city called Jericho and flatten that thing down by the power of God, right? And then don't go to Ai and steal the gold and the coat because then you'll be cursed and you'll fall before your enemies. So we have rules and regulations that we have to operate by. Never forget where you came from. Amen. 
Yeah. So that's why I cry sometimes. I know what God did for me. I remember where I came from. I was on the road to hell. Yep. He just picked me right up and feet were in the air again going, what's going on? It's God. You know, I came down here to Texas. God is wonderful to get the prophecies. Go to Texas. Okay, we're going to Texas. I get down here. I get my first job and uh, I get fired. I'm going home. This God taught me something. I'm going home. Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. We'll come to find out later it wasn't Satan that took my job. It was God. He's going, you're going to end this. This is ending. I'm moving you to another place. And then later uh, I got, I didn't get fired, but I just left that job. And now um, I'm where I'm at. And I don't really work that much anymore. I spend a lot of time doing prayer and teaching and preaching and building PowerPoints and stuff. But when I do work, the Lord really blesses me. Um, but I'm just telling you, God took me on that journey. But uh you know, the first time I, I, I've never been fired before ever in my whole life because I work hard. But um, anyway, God did that. And I'm going like, Satan, I rebuke you. But, you know, God, he, he shifted the atmosphere on my life. And I found that out later. But he taught me something. So not everything that's bad that you think is bad that's happening to you is not always the devil. And we give the devil way too much credit. He doesn't have that much power. But God can shift some things, you know, circumcise your heart. He can chip that sharp edge off. And uh, that don't feel good. It hurts. But uh, we need it. We need it. So I think I'm going to stop here. This is a good place to stop. Thank you for coming. Those of you on the Internet, um, I forgot to tell you, you can give. But scroll down, uh, click like, share, subscribe, and you can give and support the church. We're trying to um, get a new building, and uh, it's called Building Forward. You can become a member online if you can't come to Texas. If you like the teaching, training, and equipping that we have here, and you want to learn more and you like this, you go, there's no church in my area. Come to Plano, Texas. It's a great place to live. There's a lot of jobs here. There's prosperity. I was looking on the Internet this morning. There's all kinds of jobs out there. You can get 30 bucks an hour. Yeah, good pay here. Come and join with us and be part of this church. Get trained up. Learn how to fight and win because the devil wants to take you out in a body bag. But we're not going to let it happen because we know who we are in Christ. Amen. All right, Father in heaven, I thank you for this word. I ask you to allow your people to speak to you about your hand that is mighty. And take the people, hear their prayers, take them out of Egypt, break the bondages, lift the scales, the invisible spirit world. Let them see with spiritual discernment. And then let them begin to live and move and breathe and have their being in you and you and them. And fight the good fight. And not just be a servant. Yes, we want to serve. But let's function as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And take the territory back that the enemy has taken. We're taking Jericho. And we're not going to sin at Ai. And we're going to eradicate every giant that is in the land that is against your will and your word. And we are going to be victorious because you are victorious by the strong hand of the Lord. And we call it done by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, we got...